Thanks for listening to Schlereth and Evans On Demand, presented by Bathfitter. Hey guys, if you drop the ball when it comes to your bath or shower remodel, Bathfitter doesn't just fit your bath, they fit your budget and schedule. Bathfitter will install a tub or shower in just one day. Bathfitter's price guarantee is a slam dunk. Bathfitter, it just fits. Welcome to Four Down Territory. As Stick and Mike take a look at the four biggest stories in Denver sports. Here's Schlereth and Evans kicking it off with First Down. Here we go. Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday. Coming up at 11 this morning, we'll hear from Sean Payton, the introductory press conference of the new Broncos head coach, who's already making the rounds over at Dove Valley and uh, talking about uh, coming back to coaching after being a year off. When you do this long enough and then all of a sudden you're away for a year and then it's not like you jump back into it again. You actually start over from the very beginning. And on the grace board, you know, you've got coaches' names up and you're organizing interviews. It can feel overwhelming, but, it, it, you know, you certainly feel recharged and, and challenged again. Sammy Rusty at all? Because you think about not only taking a year off, which he's done before mm. <laughs> during Bounty Gate, but at yeah. least he returned back to familiar surroundings with the Saints. Well, he didn't really take the year off. He was coaching a little league team. Sure. Okay. True. Kevin James. Right. Has more. Memorializing that forever for us. Uh-huh. But this is a case where he took a year off, wasn't coaching at all, right. and comes into a brand new scenario. So will he need some acclimation period, or should he be able to hit the ground running? Well, I think you'll hit the ground running, but I think there's always a little bit of, you know, I mean, once you put your staff together... I think then, then, I think that's, I think that's the part where, you know, I mean, he hasn't put a staff, like, obviously you have a few coaches here and there that move and leave and do whatever, but, you know, he had the majority of his coaching staff, they were together for a long time. Most of those guys were there, like Pete Carmichael's been there forever. Dan Rauscher had been there for a long time. I mean, they had a lot of the same coaches there for a long time, obviously one or two here and there. But to put a whole training, the whole coaching staff together, I think that's a little bit different. And that one is a little bit of a learning curve. But once you start coaching, no, I don't think there's, I don't think, I think you hit the ground running. One more Bronco coaching note. Strength and conditioning coach Lauren Landau on his way out. He got a lot of heat this year with all the injuries, the hamstrings. Landau's a very respected conditioning coach yeah. around around the NFL, around the nation. So do you, do you put this on him, or was this just bad luck? Well, I think there's obviously there's some bad luck involved um, with that. And then how do you practice, and how do you, like, all those things. Like, one of the things about practicing to me is to be good at football and to be ready to play football, you got to play football. You know, and I think I think there are are certain things you do that translate from the weight room or from the you know practice field from the from the conditioning aspect of it that translate well. And some things are just stupid. I mean, some things are just the, the like the dumbest things. And we ran one fifties one year. Why? Yeah. How, how many of those are you going to run? Right, that that day I ran 16 of them. That's the dumbest thing I've ever, probably the dumbest training thing I've ever done in my entire life. <laughs> Name to keep uh, an eye on, Dan Dal, uh, Dalrymple was uh, the Saints strength coach all 16 seasons during the 
Sean Payton era. So, yeah. and is not, was not with the Saints this, this past year. So, look for that name. Second down. Ejero Ivero. Ejero Ivero. Ejero Ivero. Ejero Ivero. Finally get the name down. He leaves. Oh, what a jerk. Off to Carolina. I hope Ooh. they butcher your name. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, don't call us for any help. Yeah. Eastward. Just kidding. Albert Okawade Boonam. Okoe Boonam. Albert Okoe Boonam. Okoe Boonam. Boonam. That never got old. It does. So, Ivero leaves. The Broncos did not uh, require, demand any kind of compensation. They let him out of his contract. They were just being good guys. Were they too nice? Should they play a little hardball? Maybe made a Carolina uh, trade for him or at least give him an assistant head coach title so that uh, it would not be simply a right. lateral move? What? Yeah, I don't know that you can. I don't know. That, I, I, you never want to force a guy to say that doesn't want to be here. I mean, that's 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 a bad that's a bad football. So, no, I I'm, I appreciate that. You always want guys to go out and be where they want to be and, you know, incredible. And, and, Continue their career that way, and and Ivero did a great job here defensively. Um, very tied to the old regime, very tied to you know to the former head coach who was his best buddy in Hackett. So, yeah, good riddance, man. Good luck to you. Yeah, it, it's not something I'm really worried about because to, to me, it's if you're going to be able to bring in somebody who continues to embody the Vic Fangio defense, and that's what you had with Ivero. There was a, a very seamless transition. They were running most of the same stuff. And if they end up hiring somebody like the Sean Desai guy who was in uh, Seattle this past year but had been with Vic for many years in Chicago, if if the system is basically going to stay in place for these players, then the rest of it really should take care of itself. I, I don't think you're really losing a lot, mm-hmm. losing Navarro. I know that he was popular and he made a good impression, but... Put it this way, if if the offensive coordinator means this much, how much does the defensive coordinator really matter? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it definitely matters the way you guys, attention to detail, the way guys, you know, play, how hard they play, all those things, you know, matter. And, and let's face it, Ivero did a great job when you consider the fact that they had zero offensive help and still had the kind of defense that they put together on a nightly basis or a daily, weekly basis. Yeah, but that's been the way around here for a long time. Broncos' defenses over the last six, seven years have been good. Yeah, really. They good. really have been good. Yeah. And and that's with no offense to help them out whatsoever. Put it this way, I'd be much more concerned with who the offensive coordinator play caller is going to be than I'm worried about who the defensive coordinator can be. Sorry, but I think defensive coordinators that can be good for your defense, as long as you got the players in place, they're kind of a dime a dozen. Not the case when it comes to really good offensive people. Third down. Uh, the Nuggets lose in Minnesota. Michael Malone going to Minnesota without Nikola Jokic, Aaron Gordon, Jamal Murray, and Contavious Caldwell-Pope. 
Yeah, I mean, with Michael being the one starter here, you know, we knew that he'd be a guy that for us to score tonight against a really good defensive team, we're going to need Michael to be a scorer for us and a volume shooter as long as we're generating the right kind of shot. So 22 points for Michael. Got to the foul line eight times. I thought he had some really aggressive drives to the basket. So he continues to move well, played in an attack mindset. And then Christian, you know, 34 minutes played, 19 points, five rebounds, made two threes, and did a lot of really good things for us as well. So I felt both those guys had good nights. All right, so how about this as the uh, ultimate optimist? Ultimate silver lining guy. Mm. All right, so we don't like the idea of load management, giving guys days off, all that. But if you have designs on going deep in the playoffs and you want to be able to have some depth to be able to rely upon, having games like this where Michael Porter Jr. and and, and uh, Christian Brown are like the, the marquee guys that are getting big minutes, a lot of chance to, to grow their game. That's the benefit that comes out of these load management games, huh? Huh? How about that? Uh, I love the spin. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you need spin. Right. You've entered the spin zone. Because everybody knows you go, um, when it comes to playoff basketball, you go 10, 11 deep on your (laughs) roster, right? No. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Your roster shrinks to about seven guys. Uh, Yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's great. I tried. I tried. Hey, what can I say? I tried. One, two, three. Fourth down. Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, Kale McCarr enjoying their all-star break in Florida. McKinnon ready to get back. In action tomorrow night against his uh, buddy, Sidney Crosby. Uh, I'm not sure. I think, you know, every year I try to get a little better and try to work on some things. And, yeah, this year I think the, the goals aren't coming as much as I want to. But, you know, I'm playing with some good players, and I think that's why the points are there. So getting a lot of assists off Miko's goals, I guess. You know, it's been a pretty good start. Obviously, we need to get healthy as a group. Hopefully we have a good push here. The Avalanche back to work as they will be uh, playing in Pittsburgh, then Tampa. We got two games with Tampa coming up in the next week, home and away. How be good. looking forward to it are you when it comes to uh, games with Tampa? I I really look forward to it because I think Tampa's boy. They just continued. I I'm I was impressed with what Tampa has been able to do, being there for the third straight year in the Stanley Cup Finals, and they just continue to right. you know plow along, thirty two and fifteen. Yeah, they're. That's a standard. Obviously, yeah. They have that standard. They know how to play the game. They've got a great goalie who can steal games. Right, listen, man, that that's who they are. So it's good. I think this is a great see kind of where we are right now because you know the Avs will be up for that. This mm-hmm. is a litmus test game. Mm-hmm. Unless, of course, Tampa in one of those games decides not to play any of their players. Oh, I don't Ooh. think we load management. I don't think we. I don't think we have to worry about that. Now, by wait, the way, wait. Basketball and hockey both play eighty-two games. They do. And by the way, the Nuggets have four more back-to-backs the rest of the season. The Avalanche have eight. Right. So, which game that, is more that. physical? I mean, basketball obviously then must be way more physical. way more draining, way more way, way, way more, more exhausting, way more exhausting. That is a four down territory. Bring that to you each and every morning at seven thirty. Up next is Sean Payton going to follow in the footsteps of his idol. That's next. When the day is done, the game is over, and you need a break from all the stress, relax in your tub or shower from Bathfitter. Bathfitter will fit your budget with a price match guarantee. No money down, no payments for up to five years. Get the ball rolling. Visit bathfitter.com today. Denver Sports Station 1043 The Fan presents Schlereth and Evans. 
Sean Payton, already hard at work this weekend and uh, doing a number of interviews with the uh, Broncos website, broncos.com. And he had this to say about the process that landed him here, the trade compensation. Quote, I'm real thankful for George Payton and Mickey Loomis. Those guys were on the phone for, man, days working out the compensation that allowed this to happen. So what what do you take out of that? And and specifically, I'm, I'm asking about George Payton. Because I think that's one of the things that are going to be very interesting to hear. I, there's a lot of things I'm looking forward to hearing today. I'm looking forward to hearing about uh, how he's going to work with Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. I also want to know who's in charge. Is it does that tell you that George Payton's in charge or was what? How do you read that comment? Oh, the fact that that Sean I'm real thankful, thankful for yeah. George Payton and Mickey Loomis. These guys were on the phone for days working out the compensation. Right. Well, I mean, obviously Sean wasn't the head coach yet, right? They had to get the compensation first, and that's George Payton's job. But I am sure that Sean Payton was Right in the midst with both of you know Sean, both of uh, George Payton and, and Mickey Loomis, so you got relationships there. So I, I'm glad that they got that done. But like Mickey Loomis has been a very important part of the Saints organization when it comes to the draft, and there has been a very, um, very cooperative. I've sat down. I sat down with Sean. Um, I don't know if it was at the Fox seminar or when I was doing a Saints game, just about. Like, their run here recently and the players they went out and got, like the left tackle Armstead, who's now with Miami, um, how they got Camara, you know, how they got a bunch of these guys, Ramchek, um, a bunch of these dudes that they drafted that all became kind of all pro players and, and how they put that, like, put that whole roster together and traveling around and going to the Senior Bowl and doing all that stuff. And, and they were very much lockstep that way about what kind of Sean liked, what, what Mickey liked, and, and they came to a consensus on that stuff. And I would imagine that Sean will be very involved that way with George as well. But you need, as a head coach, you don't have time to just all of a sudden become a scout. You have to you have to trust that process as well, but be part of. I know what my eyes like. I know what I like to see in a player, and um, and being able to kind of help that process. Yeah, it, I I get it. And I, I remember when John Elway took over, and he said, "Ah, we're gonna. It's all gonna be about a consensus. We're gonna be looking to form a consensus. If you played the consensus drinking game that day, you would have been blitzed. But ultimately, it still comes down who has the final say." You can talk all you want about collaboration and that. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if it is, hey, I want to draft this guy in the first round. I want to draft that guy in the first round. All I care about, who's got the final say? I would assume, um, and I am i can't say with 100% certainty, but I, I can say with a high 90 percentile certainty, that Sean Payton is in charge. George Payton is now working for Sean Payton. Essentially, yes, yeah, and I, and again, it will be one of those. It will be one of those things. Like the great organizations that I travel around and talk to, Mike, have an understanding of what they like to do and what kind of player they like at at that position. 
Like, there is no question that San Francisco knows exactly the type of body type, athleticism, everything else they're going after, linebackers and D-line. Look at them. Look at the way they're built. There is no question that there are certain teams that understand, you know, outside linebacker, understand safeties. Understand, like, there are certain teams, like Pete Carroll knows back-end secondary especially corners, exactly the type of player he wants. The speed element, the length element, the everything, the way that guy moves, and he just has a knack for, so there is, this is the guys, these are the guys I want. Just bring me the guys that fit into this parameter, and then let my eyeballs look, and I'll tell you which one I think is the best player. Do you, do you, that I think that's the, the really good organizations that I'm around have that kind of process of saying, okay, here is our, Parameters. I'm bringing you six guys to look at. One of these guys we want to draft, say, hopefully he's in the third round. Give us your one through three on these six guys. And then the coach looks, and he's not, now he's not worried about 40 times. He's not worried because they all fall within the appropriate parameter. And now I look and go, man, the movement skills of this guy or the reaction skills of this guy is just, they're so good. Like, I've got to have, I've got to have that. So you're describing Sean Payton to George Payton. Here's the kind of player I'm looking for. George goes out, does all the grunt work. Right. Does all the scouting, all the film study. Comes up with five guys. Mm-hmm. Here you go, Sean. And then Sean's picking the guy. Here you go. And here's here's all the cut-up highlight reels of all these guys. You tell me. And you as a coach or you as a player, you just have, you know, you as a guy that's done this for a long time, you have a great sense of when you watch a guy on film, you're like, oh, my God, that guy can play. What's trending coming up? Did the Nuggets get a break on the Kyrie Irving trade? And is all the pressure Super Bowl week on the Chiefs? That's next. Here's Schlereth and Evans with What's Trending right now. Well, the big uh, Kyrie Irving trade went down over the weekend. That didn't take long. And he went to the Dallas Mavericks. Tell you what, Stink, I think this was a a good deal for the Nuggets because I was concerned that he would end up with one of the L.A. teams. If he goes to the Lakers or or, or really to the Clippers, and it looked like it was going to be the Clippers, that could have been dangerous. A three-headed monster of a motivated Kyrie Irving. Now, Kyrie Irving will eventually wear out his welcome wherever he goes. Right. Destruction will be left in his wake. That's Mm. just the Kyrie Irving way. But for the short term, for somebody who needs to make nice, somebody who needs to fit in, and somebody who's going to be a free agent after this season, had he gone to the Clippers, that would have really changed the look of the uh, the, the Western Conference with him, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George. Going to Dallas, yeah, he and Luka, that's a good one-two duo. But then you look at the rest of Dallas, not a much, not much left behind him. But isn't it, isn't it one of those things where if you've got a great one-two duo, you can win a championship going that way? Or is that, is that changed? Because that was the way it was, you know, 10, 15 years ago. As you got one-two, like you can win championship with that. See, I, I'll take Nikola Jokic and a healthy Jamal Murray, the way that Jamal Murray's playing right now. Okay, as I'll a, take Jokic are, and Murray over Luka and Kyrie. But if you had taken Kyrie, Paul George, and... Kawhi Leonard, or even Kyrie, LeBron, and Anthony Davis. That 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 might have got a little dicey. 
You think Luca has a, a condo? A or condo? Do, yeah, or do you think he lives in a house? Because if he had a condo on the second floor, yeah, that would be incredible. That'd be great. It'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. And his ringtone was, my name is Luca. I live on the second floor. Yes, so Wouldn't that'd be awesome. We're so predictable. Very predictable. I know. Very, I know. very. These predictable. are the things I think of. These are the hard hitting sports topics that I think about. These are the things you talk to yourself out loud while you're yeah. walking through an airport. What'd you think of the new Pro Bowl format? It was ridiculous, <laughs> insane. Players what? seem to like it. Uh, of course, players like it. They're not doing anything. What? What? Do, <laughs> what? What? Do, He's got a point. What do the big fat guys do? Like during that. Like, how come the big fat guys don't get to play in the in your reindeer games? Like in your little flag football game, how come you don't have the big guys playing? Well, because well, because a what game they- like that's just for skill position guys. Oh, ooh. We used to every Shots now and fired. again. Every now and again, when I was when I was playing here in Denver, we would do fat guy touch football, and it was so much fun. And some of the fat guys could freaking fly. Really? Oh, yeah. Like Trevor Trevor Price. Oh, yeah. Trevor Price was a... Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, who's always the quarterback for our team? Who? Really? You? Well, I was dicing him up, Mike. Really? Yeah. yeah. I was running. I was, wow. like, I was like Peyton out there on the really? sideline. We're going to run a high-low combo here. Now we're going to get that crossing round. Going to have to get that crossing round. Where was Stokely? By the way, I did not see Stokely the whole time. Payton, Payton, I'm up here on the fourth row. Bring me down. Payton, 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 Payton. Fever, tell me you got that. Like three hours. He's just sitting on the fourth row (laughs) screaming out Payton. Well, the players loved it, so it's here to stay. So I did did they ever televise anything that the fat guys did, or did they just stand I, around? I, dude, I can't. I Honestly, I can't. T- I, Sam, I did a quick little. I did enough due diligence with both the NHL festivities and the NFL festiv- festivities to say, all right, I, I checked it out. It, it, it's not for me. I, I'd like an all-star game, but I understand it. The players don't want to have to do any heavy lifting. They just want to be able to relax, enjoy it. It's why baseball. Baseball still has the best all-star game, by far, because it's still... Guy on the mound still throwing 95. Uh-huh. Guy at the dish is trying to hit it. And when the ball goes into play, people are trying to make plays. It's 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 the only all-star game where they actually play the game, the all-star game, the way that they play their normal games. And so, right. Uh, but you know what? I guarantee you, everything they did this weekend for the NFL will still get a higher TV rating than Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals. So, Which is just sad. Just sad, but it is what it is. Both teams have arrived in Arizona, Eagles and Chiefs. Mark, is the pressure on Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the Chiefs this week? Yes. I'm here. Absolutely. I'm here. You'd be hard-pressed to have anybody argue. I mean, the Eagles are a better top roster, top down. Eagles have a better roster than do... The Chiefs, and I mean, I would, I would argue every position other than QB, tight end is a lot closer than people would think because Goddard can play. Yeah, but but I'll give I'll give QB and tight end to Kansas City. That's it. Yeah, legitimate, like le- 
Hassan Reddick's a legitimate edge pass rusher. You know, I know Chris Jones is a great player, but that's those are the only two positions I think that I would give to the Kansas City side. The pressure is on Kansas City yes. this week because Philly can look at it like we're here lo- earlier than we thought. Philadelphia still has two first-round picks coming up in the draft. They're going to just continue to add. There is a feeling with with Kansas City. Sorry, Chief fan, you don't want to hear this, but you don't win this Super Bowl. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are entering greatest dynasty that never was type territory. What did we talk about with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers forever? They were the dynasty that ever was. They only won one. They won one early in their, their time, the McCarthy Aaron Rodgers time together, but won early mm-hmm. and never got never got back to that that mountaintop again. If if the Chiefs here uh, don't get it done this week, you're going to start hearing talk about that. And I'm sorry, Chief fan, that you can't you can't just say, "Well, if it if it doesn't happen this year, we'll be back again next year." Doesn't always work that way. I can't. I I hope they lose. God, it made me. It made me feel it like give a little bit of of. Soften how bad this season was in Denver. We got a new coach. He's going to fix things. Kansas City Chiefs lost. Things are looking up for us. Absolutely. Because no matter what happens, at the end of the day, you could say the Denver Broncos and the Kansas City Chiefs, neither one won a Super Bowl. Yeah. By the way, by the way, just keep me honest. That's how I spin these things in my mind. Keep me honest on this because there's two things that we've come to the conclusion we need to do. Mm -hmm. One, we're going to have to figure out what the music is for Sean Payton. Yes, that'll be tomorrow. That'll be tomorrow. The other thing is, what's our our camp t-shirt slogan going to be? Are we sure there'll be t-shirts? No, from us, the fans. Oh, for us. Yeah, we always, well, you know, I mean. the decision. Are we sure? the, the, oh, we need a logo? Like, we a, need, like, a, yeah, I mean, Sean Payton's here. Let, we had Let's Ride last year. That, that went, that went over for Believe in it, believe in it. Yeah. Here comes the airplane. Here comes the airplane. Big bite. It's Big spicy. <laughs> that, spicy. That's for the t-shirt. It's spicy. It's spicy. That's Four Down Territory, our tour around the Denver sports, or rather what's trending, or uh, look at what's going on besides the uh, big stories here locally. Coming up next, you touched on this earlier. I want to I get into it. What does a Sean Payton player look like? Okay? You'll describe yeah. that next. Loosen up those joints and muscles. It's time for your 745 stretch. Here's Schlereth and Evans with the biggest story in Denver sports. Cannot wait for the uh, Sean Payton press conference coming up at uh, 11 o'clock this morning. We'll have live coverage for you here on The Fan. Also, all kinds of coverage at denversports.com. All kinds of reaction to it. But, I mean, think about the things that we're going to get a chance to hear today. Uh, We're going to hear about uh, why the Broncos. Why leaving TV to come back? Why do you leave New Orleans in the first place? What's your plan for Russell Wilson? Are you in charge or is George Payton in charge? How is that all going to work? And what is what's your what are your plans for the staff? Oh, all kinds of great stuff. You you said something interesting earlier. You said, you know, when Pete Carroll goes out looking for a player, he knows exactly what he's looking for. The type of player he's looking for. Who's described to me the Sean Payton player? Obviously, depends on position, um, and you know what they want from that standpoint. But one of the like receivers, for instance, he has he has liked those 
Colston guys. He is like those tall, like big, thick guys. Um, and he's always had kind of that, that underneath guy, you know, because they, they've thrown a lot of those intermediate, you know, body up type of routes to comebacks. You know, they throw a lot of the, the, the dagger concept with the digs. Um, and I think a lot of that is because of kind of what, what Drew Brees really felt comfortable throwing and, you know, the kind of receivers that you want to, to be able to take those. Uh, even, even with, um, who's the cat that's had the injuries the last couple of years that set the record? Michael Thomas, Thomas. Michael Thomas. That, that dude ran a ton of just, he's not the fastest guy. He's just a big body guy that can run the shallow crosses, that can run the quick slants, that can do that and just body people up and basically, be like an NBA center, just boxing people out. 6'3", 212. Yeah. Corlin Sutton type. Yeah. Tim Patrick type body. Yeah. So, you know, that that standpoint. Um, I've heard him often talk about offensive linemen and length. So want you want guys that, like, I always say this, first hands win. If I can get my hands on you with length, length before you can get your hands on me, then I win. Now I didn't have particularly long arms, so you know you have to, you got to use technique and strength and some of those things. But um, you know it's it's about about who who takes control of the line of scrimmage first. You know, and so there's there's foot quickness, but there's length and hands. Um, and I know Sean likes that aspect of a player. I think one thing that you will see from Sean Payton is versatility in players. And, you know, to sit there and say, you know, well, he's always run one system. That's just not like he's got his system and his identity and his beliefs. But you've altered that for Jameis Winston's skill set, for Teddy Bridgewater taking over five, five games skill set, for Taysom Hill. And Taysom Hill is not your average cat. But finding those type of players that have a specific kind of, you know, a specific skill set and then finding a way to use them in a unique fashion. Like, there's nobody that's more unique than Taysom. And I remember having a conversation with Sean about Taysom and saying, like, oh, kind of like, like, this is how I envision Tim Tebow. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. This athlete isn't even close. Like the the superior nature of this athlete compared to the, you're you're comparing apples and oranges. Tim is a four eight forty guy. This guy's a legit four four five at two hundred thirty five pounds and loves to hit to block people to cover kicks. Like he is a this dude is a freak show of all freak shows. Um, and I always I always find it kind of funny when they you think they'll go get a Taysom Hill type. Dude, what they, about go get Taysom Hill? Right. They don't make many of those guys. So, no, seriously, because you did a Saints game this year, right? Did you do a Saints oh, yeah, game? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, he threw a 50-yard touchdown or a 60-yard touchdown in the game I did. I know, but do you get the sense that the Saints, the current Saints, uh-huh. minus Sean Payton, value Taysom Hill the way Sean Payton values Taysom Hill? Meaning, if Sean Payton was hell-bent to get Taysom Hill here... Would the, would the Saints be okay with that? Or do they really, really value Hill as well? They value Hill because of, of the all the different things he does for them. Like Taysom Hill, we know him as a kind of a backup quarterback that runs the quarterback run plays, right? And that's what you think of him as. 
But, dude, when you talk about matchups and the fact that Taysom Hill will line up, like, legit, offensively, in seven different positions. He'll line up at fullback. He'll line up at running back. He'll line up at, like, X or Z receiver. He'll line up at F receiver, right? So, like, the the slot guy. He'll line up at the Y tight end or the F tight end, the backing tight end. And, you know, and then, of course, he'll line up at quarterback. Like, and... You as a defense, every time he's in, your first thing you got to go, okay, is he in with another quarterback? So, okay, no, the, the quarterback is in and he's in. Okay, so now is he playing Y tight end, F tight end? Is he playing slot? Is he playing Z? Is he playing tailback or fullback? Like, he's, he's a nightmare for defenses. And, oh, by the way, pump protection, rundown on kickoff cover, just blowing people up. I mean, he's the the dude is a a freak show football player. So there's nobody on this current roster that can be used like him. Absolutely not. So I would suspect one of the few draft picks that they have, they're they're going to be looking for a new Taysom Hill. Yeah, what I, and what I'm telling you is, those, I know they're yeah, hard they're, to they're, find. They're, they, you don't. I get it, but they, not. A, doesn't mean not, you're not going to try. Yeah, you're not probably going to find a guy that can do all those things, but. Can you get a guy that can do some of those things and and use him as that kind of secondary weapon at the quarterback position? Um, and where it really comes into play is is how good they are using him in red zone situations, in goal line situations, because now it truly becomes eleven on eleven football down there when everybody's playing. You know, everybody's heels are no deeper than eight yards, so you're really playing. You know, an 11-man box. So now you're playing 11-on-11 football in those situations. So I've heard it suggested, hey, Sean Payton's not going to change his style for Russell Wilson. Mm -hmm. Do you agree with that? Not going to change his style. That he he coaches one way, he knows one way, No, and Russ is going to have to adapt to him, not the other way around. No, because, I mean... He he has his identity that he wants. He has his belief system, but you don't think he manipulated the offense to lean into Jameis Win not only to lean into Jameis Winston's strengths, but also to mitigate all the like dumb decisions that Jameis makes. All the hey, let me throw it into a, a team meeting here with three. Like you don't think that was a manipulation of of the offense that was run under Drew Brees. Now the same identity, but you're taking out you're taking out mass amounts of your playbook because that guy can't that guy can't do the things that you did with Drew Brees. It's always you're always massaging kind of what you believe in. But the bottom line, the bottom line to me, let me tell you why, real quick, why having an identity is important. Okay? You, you go with me on this for a second. Why having an identity is important. You've talked about it for years. Okay. So think about this from an offensive versus defensive perspective. As a defense, you're you're taught to to read and defend plays. If I get double teamed, I'm defending the double team. Right? If you're running curl flat, here's how we defend it. Here's our leverage. If you're okay, all those things. So if I have a scheme, and you have to defend that scheme, and you have to spend a lot of time defending that scheme, and I'm really good at it. One, 
I'm going to be successful because we run it more than you can practice against it. So automatically, offensively, I have an advantage in that scheme. Secondly, if I can get you to play, if I can get you to play, um, if I can get you to play a certain technique on a scheme we run, and then I can run a play that's adjunct to that play that has the exact same footwork, the exact same look to that defender who starts to play that scheme, and all of a sudden there's a counter to that play. There's a, it's a different play. Guess what? Now you're not, like if I'm, if I'm running scoop on the backside, scoop, 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 you start playing what? As a defender. Scoop! Right. Now all of a sudden, right, now all of a sudden I use the exact same footwork, uh-huh. but I'm, I'm running an actual deuce or double team. And the ball's coming not away from you, but now it's coming back to you. And you've played scoop, 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 double team. What are you playing? That it looks exactly the same. You're playing the scoop. Now I roll you three gaps beyond where you're supposed to be, and I knock off two other players on the way because they can't, they can't. And now all of a sudden I have created gaping chasms. And so these are why, this is why identity and scheme is important. It makes sense. I love it. And if you were telling me that Sean Payton was taking a, a, a younger quarterback and was getting a chance to mold that quarterback and this is the way he's going to mold him, I'd love it. I'd be enthusiastic about it. I just wonder at this point of his career, can you do that with Russell Wilson? Because you're, what you're, what you're, 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 what you're describing is, you're, you're describing, you always talk about this all the time. You're looking to call an offense, not just call plays. Right. That, that we've had too many guys who've come through here over the last several years. All they do is call plays. Yeah, because if all you do is call plays, you never get somebody to play the scheme. Okay. They're playing against plays. Can Russell Wilson, can you build an offense with Russell Wilson in which you're actually calling an offense? Yes. Okay. As opposed to just calling plays. So let me put your mind at ease. Okay. What have I told you about every offense in the National Football League? They all run the same concepts, right? Whether it's a West Coast offense, whether it's who's ever offense, it, whatever the tree comes from, they all run. They all have all those plays in their system. Okay, so what Russell was successful running in Seattle, and even what Russell was successful running the last two weeks here in Denver, all that stuff is in Sean's playbook. It all is in there. Now it just a lot of it has to do with motions and formations and the splits and how many you know what kind of personnel groupings you run, but you run it. So you take you take let's say it's twelve things that Russell does exceptionally well. It's where you hang your hat. Now how do we make those? How do we take those twelve things and make it look to a defense? And this is where Sean is is honestly I don't like to use brilliant in football in the same sentence. Because you don't play our coach if you're brilliant. Like, I, I don't like to use that. But this is where Sean and Dan Campbell told me this. I have never seen his equal when it comes to personnel and personnel groupings. Advantages. So, and this, is a, this goes back to Mike Shanahan. Um, and I'll, t- I'll tell you a really quick story about Mike Shanahan and Sean Payton. But it goes back to Mike Shanahan. We're running six, seven plays, different formations, different motions, different personnel groupings, different whatever. So to the defense, we can make it look like 
we can make one play look like it's seven different plays versus entry points and who's blocking who and how you're handling the front side. You know, are you are you are you tripling with the tackle and the tight end, or now are you tripling with a fullback and tight end, or now is the full or now does the uh, or excuse me the the tackle and the tight end, or does the tackle just have him singularly, and now we're rolling all the way back and we're gaining a, a player on the front side, but we're cutting off a weak side linebacker on the backside with that same tight end that just led on the defensive. So there's just a million different ways to do this, right? And that, but for 10 of us or nine of us, it's the exact same play. And there's one dude or two dudes that are altering their technique based upon the way you call it. So that, that's, that's the beauty of it. And like one of the first times I ever met, I don't even know what I was doing in New Orleans, but I was at the, I was at their facility. This is, this is probably my first meeting with Sean and it had to be literally 15 years ago, maybe even longer. Because he started, what, 2005, right? 2005, 2006 there. Yeah, it was right about that. It was right about that time. And I don't even know why I was there. I was covering something for ESPN. And he grabs me. He goes, come on, come upstairs. Come here. I want to show you something. I want to show you something. Runs me up to his office. And back then, he had a whole wall, like a library, full of those beta tapes, right? So he goes, let me show you something. He grabs it and, boom, puts it in. Whoop. Drops down. It's the 1997-98 Broncos cut-up tape. And it showed Howard Griffith motioning outside the formation. And then the linebacker motioned him out with him. Brilliant. None of us oh, ever done yeah. it. He's like, Mike Shanahan invented that. Basically getting a tell versus man or zone on, on who follows, who doesn't follow. If they bump the corners out there to that fullback or if they take a backer out there with the backs and stuff. He goes, this is groundbreaking stuff that everybody in the league does now, but nobody had seen it before Mike Shanahan did it. And we're up in his office and he is like a giddy little school kid, like so excited to show me. Look, I'm studying your tape. I'm watching you play. This is awesome. And again, I don't even remember why I was there, but um, it was just a really, like it was a really cool thing. And to, And to think that you know, that's the stuff. So everybody's doing the same stuff, Mike. It's just a matter of what you do well and, again, maximizing our strengths and mitigating our weaknesses. It's it's not that hard, um, but it's hard for a lot of coaches, especially young coaches, because they want to impress. Look at the big play we just made. Look, I attacked this weakness on the defense. Meanwhile, you know, strip sack fumble the other way for a touchdown and you lost the game. But, boy, it was cool that you had it. You got it one time for a 40-yard gain, and that was really cool. Unfortunately, you gave up three sacks and one fumble <laughs> and one touchdown the other way, and you lost by, you know, 21. But that was a really cool play. When your team is in hot water and you need a break from the play-by-play, Bath Fitter can install your tub or shower in just one day. And just like a coach, Bath Fitter is in your corner offering a watertight, seamless wall. A design consultant will take accurate measurements of your tub or shower and recommend the products that fit your budget. Bath Fitter has special financing available with no money down and no interest for up to five years. Now that's a game changer. Visit bathfitter.com to book your in-home consultation. Bath Fitter, it just fits.